Hey, my friends, welcome to episode 73 of the Because Why Not podcast. Oh, here I am in the blazing North Carolina heat and humidity, just sweating it up. I'm so glad to have recorded this for you today. It was like a big, deep sigh and release for me to share all of this and process all of this in this way with you today. And I know that it was helpful for me and I really hope it's helpful for a lot of you as I talk about what we are hiding from, how we hide and how we can stop. So I hope it's a good one for you and that you enjoy it. Please pass it along. Take a screenshot, share the episode with people in your social media, leave a review. I'm grateful to you. I know that you have busy lives and it means a lot to me that you listen. So big hug and kiss and enjoy the episode. Bye. Hi, everybody. Here I am. Did you think I forgot about you? Oh, I haven't. I'm so glad to be here. It's like taking a deep breath. It's like exhaling a big sigh. Um, I really miss when I haven't recorded because as you imagine, might imagine if you listen to this podcast regularly, this is pretty cathartic for me and has been from the beginning. And in fact, you know, (laughs) that's probably the biggest reason that I started recording is that it was like this gift to myself, right? It's very cathartic. I set myself free. I talk about what I'm feeling. And of course I do so in an effort to help other people and hope that it helps you move forward in your life with tools and ideas and thoughts and all the things that you may not have considered or considered in this way, but it's truly an act of catharsis for me. Um, if that's a thing, an act of catharsis, (laughs) is it someone let me know. Um, but I've missed being here and I hope you'll forgive my lag and my pause We have transitioned into the summer schedule over here with my boys finishing first and third grade and me continuing to juggle a lot of balls and move in a lot of directions, um, both with work and with them. And um, it's a lot. You know, I was joking the other day that I I was telling someone that when I was a little girl, this will tell you. A lot about me. This will, by the way, give you great insight into my type A personality. And I'm betting that many of you listening can relate to this um, type A personality type thing because I believe there are a lot of uh, really uh, high achieving women out there listening to this because I have come to realize how many high achieving women I surround myself with. And I think a lot of this stuff I talk about um, is related or relevant to women like me. So if you're out there listening and you relate to this type A stuff, high five. I'm about to tell you this ridiculous story. So when I was a little girl, I remember when I say little, I mean, you know, maybe it was like when I was 10, 11, 12, 13. I remember being at certain friends' houses who I would be at all the time. Um, 
or sometimes, or I don't know, friends' houses. And I remember noticing when the houses were messy and especially when there were dirty piles of laundry that were unfolded or, or even clean, dirty piles of laundry that hadn't been washed or clean piles of laundry that hadn't been folded and put away. And I remember having the conscious thought of, oh my God, these people are falling apart. Like these people's lives are falling apart at the seams. They do not have their shit together. There are dirty or unfolded piles of laundry in the bedroom, on the bed, in the basket, you know, whatever it was. I, I really had that thought. I mean, how crazy is that? Yeah. It speaks to my need to have things organized and tidy a million percent and my type a, you know, check everything off the list, make sure everything's done and also make sure everything appears a certain way and that you look great and have your life together and all of that. It's so nuts. Um, I was I also want to say quickly, it also speaks to the fact that while my mom struggled in certain aspects of mothering, God knows we all do, she was crazy about the laundry. Like she did it all the time. She, and it wasn't like she didn't have a career, you know, she was an actress and learning lines all the time and songs and going to rehearsals and doing this and that. But she would do the laundry, fold the laundry. She ironed everything. And I would have these beautiful, beautifully folded, ironed piles of laundry placed in my room for me to put away like every two days. I mean, it was unbelievable. Um, I look back on that now and I'm just like, wow, the amount of time she spent doing laundry and ironing y'all who irons who irons does anyone of us even iron anything anymore I turned on the iron the other day to try and get a sticker off of court's favorite t-shirt that you know when you wash a t-shirt with a sticker on it and then the stickum stays on the t-shirt and it's his favorite t-shirt he wears it three to four times a week so I put on the iron I put a cloth over the sticky part ironed it to try to get the sticky off that is the first time I've used an iron in, I, I, I can't tell you how long. When the iron got hot, it smelled like it was going to burn the house down. I don't think it remembered how to do its job. Um, sorry about the cars in the background. If you can hear them, I'm parked at baseball practice. So that's my life. I'm in my carfus at uh, baseball practice. I just went on such a tangent. Do you think I can bring myself back? to where we were going. I was talking about being type A. Oh, so I was saying why I haven't made a podcast in a long time because we've been moving in a million directions. It's the end of the school year. All this transitioning. And listen, transitions are hard. Transitions are hard for anyone. And I'm right here to say that I am not handling all these transitions well right now. There's just so much going on in our lives. I mean, baseball practice for two kids for two hours every day leading up to this big tournament and just passing like ships in the night with my husband and doing various jobs and just all this stuff we are all doing or in my house. Um, and that my friends is why I have piles of unfolded laundry in my, in my house, maybe in my bedroom. 
it's doing my head in. I actually stayed up late the other night and folded it because I am one of those people who cannot function in the world if my bed isn't made. I mean, it started as a child with, you know, I wasn't allowed to go to school or do whatever before my bed was made, but I I can't think straight if my bed's not made. So having piles of crap everywhere, it, it does not work for me. It does not work for me. So this is a long intro about whatever it is, but I touched on this thing about being a high achiever, which is something I've really, really, really tapped into lately about myself and about women I am coaching and about the women whom I hope to coach and I'm reaching out to and the posts that I make and the podcasts I record and all of this content that I make, I'm realizing how much it comes back to this person, this woman, and this kind of way of being, which is being a super go-getter, nonstop, high-achieving, sometimes perfectionist person, unwilling, unable to slow down, unwilling, unable to remove things from her plate, unwilling, unable to stop taking things to add to her plate, taking on new things. It's so crazy. It's not crazy. I don't mean to use that word. It's just that after all these months and years of processing a lot of this stuff and also filtering it down into uh, my coaching message and platform or audience and who it is that I'm communicating with and helping, I've realized that this is who certainly I am and who so many of you are and who I'm really speaking to um, in so many ways. And it's interesting because, of course, I've spoken so much about alcohol use and sobriety and removing alcohol from my life and setting myself free in that way and that being such a big part of my story. And I can't say enough about that. I mean, that is absolutely true. So if you're starting the podcast here today for the first time, I encourage you to listen to my podcast of May 2021, or rather, sorry, March 2nd, 2021, which marked two years alcohol-free. And that's a good one to listen to because it's really about the liberation that I feel from having removed it. But what I want to say about that is that I had been feeling for a long time that, um, kind of the the quitting drinking was what changed my life in all the ways and set me free and set me on this path. Um, and I still believe that that's absolutely true, that it's the greatest gift I've ever given myself. And that is why I will continue to talk about it so openly here and with all my posts on Instagram, etc. Um and to coach women, you know, who may have complicated relationships with alcohol and how that affects them. I'm certainly not a sober coach, at least not yet. Um, I don't know, never say never, but I will continue to talk about it because it is such a huge component to how I released my own, um, I don't know, release my own fear. Really, I keep saying set myself free, um, found inner peace, um, became really 
who I am or maybe who I always was and kind of stepped into my most fulfilling life. And alongside of that, I have also realized that my drinking was a symptom of these many ways that I move through life. And more recently than I ever have before, I have identified these things that are challenges to me for which drinking became a soothing agent and a way to check out from um, the way that I moved through life, which was very overwhelming to me. And which I continue to do. I have so many of these behaviors still, but I'm just much more aware of them. And so when I say that, not to be too vague, what I'm getting at is that I have lived my life as an adult, as someone who was always, and even as a child, actually, as someone who moved at a rapid pace, um, not always running, not saying that, but like at a rapid pace in life socially, in school. You know, my dad would always say to me from a very young age, you pack it all in, you pack it all in because I would make a million plans on the weekend and at night. And, you know, my sister would be very content to be sort of hanging out at home, scratching the kitties' bellies and reading a book. And I was go, go, go all the time, plans with friends and um, packing it all in. And what that translated to as an older person was, you know, go, go, go in school, um, being involved in all these things, moving at a very fast pace and then older about achieving, getting great grades, being super focused on my schoolwork and having to do really, really well. Certainly there was pressure from pressure from the top. Um, to do that well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just to achieve, right. And like to then go out and get a job and be the very best. And, and, and I would really put a lot of pressure on myself. Again, there was pressure from the top. If you know what I mean, I was still a dependent, um, in certain ways, even as I was starting my career. Um, but I would put so much pressure on myself to achieve and succeed. And, you know, my, my first paying job, um, out of college, I was 22 turning 23 at the com in New York city when it was a very small new company. And I was the receptionist. Um, so I was getting my foot in the door in the wedding industry, which is what I wanted, but there was this feeling of like, how could I be a receptionist? Like I've got to be so much more than this rather than saying like, you know, you've got to work your way up and pay your dues. And, um, I just always, which is in fact, exactly what I was doing. I was getting into the business and paying my dues. Um, and I did work my way up, but I just was always putting pressure on myself to do more, to be more, to achieve more. And, um, I did have this sort of lag time or what, what, what can I call it? This sort of time in New York city in my early twenties where the focus really became, yeah, building my career, but also, um, just partying. Like I was a professional partier and social butterfly. Um, 
And actually, I do think that that drinking exacerbated and became sort of a symptom of this discomfort I felt internally with, you know, wanting certain things for my life and not knowing how to get them. And that's a really relatable feeling to a lot of people, no matter when it is in your life, how it's manifesting, um, the feeling of wanting certain things for your life and not knowing how to get them is deeply, deeply uncomfortable. And I really have had that several times in my life. The times I remember from being young had to do with I hate to say this, but here I am being honest. I mean, from fourth grade, it had to do with wanting to look a certain way. Um, You know, in high school, it had to do with wanting a certain boyfriend and wanting to be accepted in a certain group of friends and not being able to achieve either of those things um, or to get on the teams that I wanted. Um, In college, I really hit a plateau or a peak maybe where I achieved everything I wanted to achieve in every category, every single category, doing well in school, friends, boyfriend, happy with my body, killing myself, exercising, eating like a insane person, trying to look a certain way, um, you know, singing, being very successful in all the ways. So when I got into my 20s, it was like I fell flat in a way where I was like, who am I? What am I meant to be? I'm not the best of the best here. I'm like a tiny little aunt in New York City. And so I was uncomfortable. And that happened again. You know, I did build my career up, up, up. Um, And that was a very successful thing for me. But I experienced this feeling again um, when I was struggling to have children and I struggled with infertility for, um, gosh, I think I tried to have, tried to get pregnant for four years before, four years just about before I got pregnant with court. Um, So this feeling of wanting something in life, not being able to get it was deeply uncomfortable as it is for anyone. And so for me, my drinking was a symptom of that. Now, I'll just just add in so there's no confusion. I do have a complex relationship with alcohol. I think that my body handles it in a way that's different from someone else who might, you know, drink too much during a time in their life when they're feeling down. Like, I, I am more so one of those people who doesn't have an off switch more, I'm more like that, you know? So it wasn't just that if I achieved what I wanted in my life and got what I wanted and got more comfortable that my drinking would, um, sort of level out, you know, it was, uh, always more comfortable to me to drink to excess, um, than it was to have one or two drinks. So I want to say that, you know, I'm definitely, more one of those people, but I bring this all together. If I can, if I can bring this together in a cohesive way, that is, um, something that you can latch onto and that makes sense. It is to say that being in a place in life where you're experiencing, um, not just a transition transitions are beasts of their own. If you're changing jobs or marriages, relationships, cities, any of those things, having another kid or, um, trying to have a child or, 
um, changing jobs. I mean, anything, any transition is incredibly difficult. But what I'm really getting at today is when you're in a place in your life where you are unable to be who you are, not just achieve what you want to achieve, but maybe you're on a path of being high achiever, wanting to excel at everything you do. And so you are, um, yeah, just kind of unable to, not kind of, you are unable to really be fulfilled in your life. You're unable to be who you are because you are just in this crazy spot of discomfort. I keep saying crazy and it's not crazy, but this spot of being uncomfortable, this spot of being dissatisfied with your life, unfulfilled, that causes inner turmoil. It causes um, this discomfort, discomfort. That's the word. It's really hard to settle down and settle in to really living your life the way you want to live it and be who you are when you're trying to measure up to something and you're trying to reach a certain level of success or you're trying to be and do and have it all or you're trying to be everything to everyone. So I want to say, you know, I've touched on these times in my life where I was uncomfortable and and not sort of living my life the way I wanted or getting what I wanted. And that was uncomfortable because I'm a super achiever. But 90% of my life, you know, those are sort of the 10% times. 90% of my life, I have been going, 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 doing, 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 taking on more and more and more and more, trying to do all the things, be all the things, achieve all the things. And it's really that too is very, very uncomfortable. So on the one hand, we have sort of floundering. And on the other hand, we have achieving. And each is very uncomfortable in its own way. Um, But I think for people like us who are uncomfortable floundering, we can also be super uncomfortable achieving because we tend to take on more than we can handle. And that's when, this is what I'm coming around to here, that's when we hide behind things. That's when we use things to try and feel better. And so for me, it was alcohol for sure. It's also always been food, emotional eating. That's something I still struggle with. Like it is so hard, even if I'm not hungry, you know, I think if I have this thing, it's going to ease my pain or my anxiety, my discomfort, my angst. Um, for me, it's a huge thing. And I think so many people emotionally eat. I mean, just today I was tired, a little bit hungry, but kind of just wiped out from being with the boys all day. And I went to like my whoopie blankie of food, which is cereal and like ate two bowls of cereal because I was like, nothing in the world can make me feel better right now than these two bowls of cereal. And then of course I'm left with feeling regret because I ate the cereal when I wasn't hungry and I've had plenty to eat today and I'm going to have dinner later. And oh my gosh, I'm out of control. And am I a bad person because I'm an emotional eater? And when will I gain some control? And when will I take care of myself? And then we just do this thing to ourselves. I know I'm not alone in that. Please raise your hand if you're listening to this and you engage in these behaviors that you know are going to make you feel bad and you do it anyway because you think in the moment it's going to feel better. 
So for me, that was drinking, certainly continues to be emotional eating. Um, I want to talk about that more and continue to dig more into that. For me, it very much also was spending, shopping, overspending. Um, For a lot of people, it's, um, you know, binge watching TV, um, binge scrolling social media, or even diving into work and constantly working. So these are ways that we medicate ourselves, right? These are ways we quote unquote numb out. And I also want to say that I fully believe that these are things that we hide behind. Because when we're uncomfortable, we are not free to be who we are and be ourselves. We are in a state of discomfort and of questioning who we are and questioning our validity, um, questioning our self-worth, practicing a lot of self-doubt and feeling like somehow we are not where we're meant to be. Either we're floundering, trying to figure out what we want, or we are super achieving, overachieving, doing too much and feeling discomfort because we are maxed out, overextended and just have way too much on our plate and don't know how to set boundaries and just want to be the best at everything. Um, And so we find these things that we hide behind. Yes, it is medicating. Yes, it is numbing out, but it is also what we hide behind. They're like our masks, our costumes, um, and certainly in some ways our security blankets, although these types of behaviors end up causing us pain. You know, it's painful. It's painful when we, when we drink too much to quell our feelings of, of uh, self-doubt and then we're left with a hangover and anxiety and regret. Um, it's uncomfortable when we eat two bowls of cereal to um, make us feel less exhausted and emotional and then we feel mad that we've stuffed our face with food we didn't need. It's uncomfortable when we lose two hours of our lives scrolling Instagram and comparing ourselves to other people's highlight reels. Um, you know, it's uncomfortable when we lose a day to watching Netflix and not engaging in our lives unless we have mindfully given ourselves those times to sit on the couch and watch, which I'm a full believer in. Give yourself the time, but do it mindfully so you can enjoy it. Same with food, same with shopping, same with, you know, sex and with drinking and anything that you don't have this excessive complex behavior with, you know, anything that you can moderate. If you have things in your life that you're able to moderate, you can do them mindfully. It's when you do them mindlessly and don't know how much you're doing, how much you're spending, um, how much you're drinking, how much you're eating. You're just doing it. You're not paying attention. And that feels really, really bad. So it's, it, these are things we hide behind, medicate ourselves with and hide behind. And it's really problematic because it causes us greater pain than the pain we were feeling in the first place from either being in a transitional period of our life or, you know, being in a place where we aren't sure how to get what we want out of life or being in a place where we think we have everything we want in life. But guess what? We've taken on way too much because we're trying to be and do and have it all. And for what? So that's my question now. For what? For what? 
We have to get in touch with what we really, really want. Because when we are either floundering because we're not achieving something that we think we quote unquote ought to achieve or be or do or have, or when we fill our plates to the brim, overfill them, overfill with all the things because we think we ought to, and we are trying to please other people by doing those things or trying not to disappoint other people or trying to live up to some sort of expectation or standard that has been set for us unwittingly by our family, by our friends, by our culture at large, by our boss, we aren't driving the car in our life. And that's when we want to medicate slash numb out slash hide behind these behaviors that cause us even greater pain than the pain we're feeling before we hid behind the thing. Does that make sense? So what do we do? This is what I'm saying. We've got to get back to ourselves. We have to come home to ourselves and understand what it is that we want and stop hiding. Tap into who we really are and be willing to be that person and lead our lives fearlessly as the person we want to be doing the things we want to do and not trying to be and do and have it all for everyone else. Now, if we want to be and do and have it all for ourselves, that's quite one thing if you're comfortable with that. But I would say take a hard look at really why are you doing that? Why why do you want to have a plate that's so full and overextend yourself and be exhausted and overwhelmed and pulled in a million directions? And can you tell that you're doing that if you find yourself hiding behind um, with certain or hiding with certain behaviors that I've described. What are these behaviors for you that you hide behind? Could it be sleeping too much? Could it be, um, you know, if you're single or not single, flirting too much to get attention? Could it be drowning yourself in projects at home or at work? Um, could it be putting all your energy into what your kids are doing so that you receive some sort of validation in life because you have successful children? Um, you know, we've got to validate ourselves, move away from external validation to internal validation and be willing to step back from the hustle, step back from the go, go, go and the super achieving and all of that and look at why it is we are doing those things and behaving in those ways. You know, we are grown women. Am I still doing these things to get the approval of my dad? Am I? I mean, I've come a long way, but am I still? It's something I look at a lot. Whose approval am I trying to get by doing certain things? And, and in the same same idea. Am I willing to care more about my own opinion and what I want and my own thoughts and feelings and deep desires than I am to willing to care about what other people think of me or what other people's expectations are of me? I mean, it's big. It's huge. It takes time. It takes processing, which is what I'm doing here with you, with you and for you. It's really worth taking a look at. 
So I've said a lot here and I hope it's swimming in your head in a good way, maybe swimming in your heart in a meaningful way. I want to leave it here because it's so much, but I really want to, um, I don't know, suggest that you take a step back and look at what those behaviors might be in your own life where you are numbing out, maybe medicating, um, maybe hiding. What are you hiding from? Who are you trying to create this life for? Do you lead your life with the awareness and the knowingness that your life is your own and that you are not living your life to please others. I'm not going to get into certainly the way we live our lives to make our children comfortable and happy. That goes without saying. Who are you living your life for? Who are you creating all of this for? Is it for you? By you? Of course, you're taking into consideration your partner, your husband, if you have one, your wife, if you have one, if you're listening, your wife, if you have one and you're a woman and you have a wife or a man who has a husband, like anyone who's listening, love you. Thank you for listening. I am so glad you have, you find value in this. And let me just give a quick shout out for pride month that love is love. And I serve all, and I hope all of you are listening. Um, But who is it for? Are you living your life for you? This is your life. So if you are not fulfilled and content and you are feeling inner struggle and strife because of the way you're living, something has to change. Something has to change. And it's time to find a way forward in your life. You're not going backwards. We're not going to live in regret or berate ourselves for the things we've done in the past, we are moving forward powerfully. That's our work is to move forward powerfully. And you know, my favorite word, willingness to move forward willingly, willingly, and to engage in things in life willingly, because we want to, because we can, because we will, and to do it mindfully in a way that feels good. Oh, maybe you'll start thinking about some things from your past Like I mentioned about middle school and high school, college, 20s, 30s, where are you in your life? When have there been times when you were uncomfortable because you weren't creating the life you wanted? And where are you uncomfortable because you've created this life and you still are uncomfortable in certain ways? It's hard to admit it's okay to be uncomfortable, even in the life that you've created on purpose. Um, I relate to that. I have very much made many, many, many of my dreams come true and created a life that I want. And I still have moments of discomfort, which is certainly what led me down this journey, rabbit hole, sobriety, podcasting, coaching, etc. two years ago, as I talk about a lot over two years ago now. Um, you know, it's very common to be uncomfortable, even if you love your life. Loving your life and wanting greater fulfillment and contentment and inner peace in your life are two different things. You know, you can still feel pain and love the life that you have, but we want to help you create greater inner peace and lead a fulfilling and content life. And so we've got to identify what's causing you pain and figure out how to move forward powerfully. Got it? Okay, we're going to do it together. So 
Thanks for being here. Thank you for listening. If you would pass it along to someone you think it might benefit and help and take a minute if you would and leave a review on um, iTunes. It just helps so much for other people to find it. I'm deeply grateful to those of you who have done that. Um, I love you. I'm grateful. Thank you for being here. And thank you to those of you who recently have told me that this podcast is helpful and meaningful to you and something you enjoy and that you get value from. I, like everyone else, have days of self-doubt and wonder, what is this all for? And is what I'm saying make sense? Does it make sense? Is anyone listening? Is anyone benefiting? And I'm so appreciative of those of you telling me. And I'm also appreciative of those of you who are quietly out there listening and doing the good work for you, by you, because you deserve it. And I'm here for you. So I will be back with you again soon. Have a great day. And let's continue working on not hiding and setting yourself free. Bye.